Welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. I'm a physical therapist and founder of Evlo Fitness. And this podcast is intended to educate you about fitness, about myths about fitness, in order for you to create a routine that is both effective and doesn't break your body down. So today we're talking about muscle burn, that burning sensation that everyone who has exercised has felt probably at least one time in their life. It's so satisfying. It feels so good. But what is really happening when you feel that muscle burn? Is this burning fat? Is that burning sensation toning that area? Do you have to feel the burn in order to see muscle growth or hypertrophy? What if you don't feel the burn? Is your exercise selection still effective? These are all things that we will cover in today's episode. But first, before we get into it, if you have been listening to this podcast, we would so appreciate a rating and review and a subscribe. All of those really help us grow the podcast. So just give this a little pause quickly, go give us a little rating and then come right back to it. All right, let's go. So I created this episode based on Peyton, um, who works for Evlo. She's a teacher at Evlo and she also works for us. Uh, she created a blog post two weeks ago, similar to what I'm going to talk about today. So if you want to go read that, you can head on over to evlofitness.com and click the education tab. We have tons of great blog posts on there if if you're someone who likes to read rather than listen. Here's the bottom line up front. Just feeling the burn is correlated with muscle growth, but it's not causated. In other words, feeling the burn is often associated with muscle growth if you're choosing the right exercises, but just burning your muscles likely is not sufficient enough to grow them without proper mechanical load, which is what I'll talk about in today's episode. So there's kind of three M's to muscle growth. One is required and the other two are sort of symptoms of the first one. So the three are mechanical load, muscle damage, and metabolic stress. The metabolic stress is that burn. So mechanical load is what is necessary for muscles to grow. And the other two are kind of just side effects if you have proper mechanical load. Mechanical load or tension is what we're always talking about in Evlo. It's the amount of magnification to a muscle. So essentially how much load or how much work the muscle has to do. This magnification, to keep it really simple, is the resistance, so the amount of resistance. So if you're holding a dumbbell, using a cable, body weight, whatever it is, the resistance multiplied by how far away that resistance is from the moving joint. And again, I'm not going to get into the moment arms and physics of that, but that's what essentially magnification to a muscle is, is the resistance multiplied by how far away that resistance is from the moving joint. Without proper mechanical load, your muscles will not grow, or at least there will be a much smaller effect on growth. So you can have the burn, you can have the muscle damage, but without that mechanical load, there will not be a significant amount of hypertrophy or growth. Contrary to popular belief, though, you actually don't need super heavy mechanical loads to see results. You don't have to lift super duper heavy in order to grow and change your muscles. Studies show that even 30% of your one rep max is sufficient to grow muscles as long as that lift is taken close to failure. So failure means that you no longer are capable of moving that weight or completing the movement. And if you get close to that point, that is what is shown to make the biggest difference in muscle growth. So 30% of your one rep max is like 
What does that mean? Well, first off, a one rep max is how much weight you can do one time. And you couldn't do it two times, just one time. So that's it's your max. And then 30% of your one rep max is a much smaller percentage of that weight. An example of 30% of your one rep max would be, um, let's say I can bicep curl 25 pounds one time. Like I can only do that one time. I couldn't do it twice. 30% of that, my 30% one rep max would be 7.5 pounds about. And if I'm going any lighter than that 7.5 pounds, then I'm going less than that 30%. I'm not likely to build significant amounts of muscle. And that's for that specific lift, right? 25 pounds might be too much for other lifts and too little for others. So every muscle will have different amounts of resistance and you can't use one weight for every single muscle. I think most of us know that, but it's worth emphasizing. So if I'm using, you know, five pounds for my biceps, I could probably do a bunch of reps and really start to feel my biceps burn eventually. But because that five pounds is less than 30% of my one rep max, I likely won't be building significant amounts of muscle. And I'll talk about why really light loads and really, really high reps is really kind of suboptimal for muscle growth here later in this episode. But let's take a couple more examples while we're here so that we can kind of conceptualize this 30% of one rep max. So let's go through an example for the shoulders or for the deltoids. And what a lot of people will do for to train the shoulders with really, really light loads is like arm circles or shoulder circles. Okay, so if we work backwards, my one rep max for to work my lateral deltoids in a, let's say in a standing lateral raise, my one rep max for that would be probably about 20 pounds. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm just guessing it's about 20 pounds. So 30% of that, would be kind of the minimum amount of resistance that I would need to use to induce muscle hypertrophy or muscle growth. So that's about six pounds. So I could do a lot higher reps with those six pounds and get close to that failure point and potentially see muscle hypertrophy there. But if I'm using, let's say, two pound wrist weights, or if I'm holding one pound dumbbells, or if I'm using my body weight and just doing like lots of wrist circles or whatever different variations of that lateral raise, My shoulders will for sure begin to burn and scream, but because that weight is too light, I'm likely not triggering uh, the processes that will build significant muscle there. So a lot of people don't know their one rep max for every lift, um, and I don't I don't necessarily think that you need to like go figure out what your one rep max is for every single lift. So this is how we do it. 30% of your one rep max is pretty light, right? So if I was using 30% of my one rep max for bicep curls, which again, we said was like about 7.5 pounds, I would have to do a lot of reps to get close to that failure point. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it still has been shown to cause muscle growth, but it's just not as time efficient, right? It takes a lot longer. So for that reason, we really like to recommend a little bit heavier. I love to use moderate weight. And we we say, and this does not need to be perfect, but we say like 60 to 75% of your one rep max. So the first few reps should feel pretty challenging, but it's not something that you would need to do a ton of reps for. So for context, this is about 10 to 20 reps. I personally prefer this number for hypertrophy and it's what we do in our classes because it's generally less stressful on your joints and 
potentially safer since you're lifting lighter loads, moderate to light loads, especially if you're a newer lifter. And this rep scheme will take about 60 to 90 seconds. And we don't count reps. Again, I like to count, I like to go by time. And this is the rep range where you are hitting both your type one and your type two muscle fibers, which is awesome, right? So you're getting the more endurance fibers by going a little bit longer, but then you're also getting those large muscle fibers by using enough weight. So to me, it's it's a rep range that I really like to do. Again, there's no right or wrong. If you want to do heavier weights and do less reps, that will still build muscle as well. So if you want to know how much weight is enough, like let's say you're like, I don't know what 30% of my one rep max would be. What I like to do is pick a weight that you think is challenging in you know the first couple of reps. And you should be close to failure around that 60 to 90 second mark. I recommend going slow, really contracting the muscle, really focusing on using it with 100% effort, creating internal resistance, which means you're really flexing the muscle. You're focusing on moving the origin towards the insertion, which is something we talk about in our classes all the time and we teach you how to do that. Um, But if you're blowing way past that 90 second mark, your weight is likely too light and you probably need to um, go up and wait a little bit. Or what you could do is use the same weight and see if creating more internal resistance, really flexing the muscle, focusing on the muscle, creates um, more fatigue in your muscle. And, and that's another great way to get more effective muscle growth without going up in resistance. Now, that said, there may be some days where you just need to go a little bit lighter. We always say that gentle consistency is truly the secret sauce. So don't beat yourself up if you need to have workouts here and there where you're using lighter weights and you're just focusing more on the neuro- neuromuscular connection. You're focusing on moving your body. Because listen, if your body is asking for less, just trying to wedge it into a workout where it's like not not happy please, please take those cues and feel free to back off and use less weight. These are just some guidelines to kind of help you choose weight that are most likely to grow a muscle. But again, gentle consistency is the secret sauce. If you need to go up, need to go down and wait here and there, I think that that's totally fine. I do that all the time, by the way. Okay, so that's the first M of the three M's of muscle growth, which is mechanical load. Without mechanical load, you probably won't have significant amounts of hypertrophy. And just to summarize, we want at least 30% of your one rep max. I like to say a little bit heavier, so maybe more moderate weight, 60 to 70%. That's about 10 to 20 reps or about 60 to 90 seconds. And when you're getting close to that 60 to 90 seconds, your muscles are really fatiguing. You're getting close to failure. If you feel like you could go a lot longer than 90 seconds, you're probably using too light of resistance. And those exercises, although they can potentially be good for muscle endurance, likely are not enough to cause significant muscle hypertrophy. The second type of stress to muscles that seems to be linked to hypertrophy is muscle damage, otherwise known as exercise-induced muscle damage, or EIMD. I'm just going to call it muscle damage. So muscle damage is secondary to mechanical tension or load. So it's kind of a symptom. Um, And it happens when the mechanical load causes micro damage in the muscle. And when that micro damage happens, you get kind of subsequent inflammation. This happens the most significantly. You'll see more muscle damage when there is unaccustomed exercise 
or when your movements are eccentric heavy. Eccentrics are when the muscle is both lengthening and contracting at the same time. So for instance, the lowering phase of a bicep curl. What's interesting is as your muscles adapt to certain exercise, the muscle damage decreases. This is called the repeated bout effect. So this is important. Conventional wisdom says that the more muscle damage you have from a workout, the more growth will come. But this is actually not true. And it's a reason why chasing muscle damage by like mixing it up and always doing unaccustomed workouts and and confusing your muscles is not necessary for continued progress. This is because Muscle damage is not necessary for muscle growth. And just because your body is getting accustomed to an exercise and there's less damage from that exercise does not mean that you will not be growing that muscle, right? Because mechanical load is the most important part. So if you're used to, let's say, bicep curls and your biceps, you've been doing them for like a year and your biceps don't really get that sore anymore. It doesn't necessarily mean that your biceps are no longer growing, especially if you are continually getting close to failure in most of your sets. But chasing that muscle damage by continuing to do unaccustomed exercise and mixing it up all the time and thinking that, you know, I'm not getting sore, so that must mean I need to mix it up. This could actually be setting you back because too much muscle damage, if you're always damaging muscles by doing different routines all the time and doing a lot of unaccustomed exercise all the time, can impact recovery times and reduce the ability to train adequately again. Because if you think about it, if your muscles have more damage, there's more inflammation in that area and they are vulnerable during that time when your body is healing. It's like having a scrape on your skin, right? You want to protect that skin while it's healing and then it heals back stronger. But, you know, our muscles are the same way. But for some reason, we think that doing more and more and continuing to layer damage on top of damage is somehow moving us forward. And I personally think that it could set you back. So I always like to say, like, don't worry about mixing it up. As long as you're applying proper mechanical load, that's the most important piece. Okay, so that's the second M, which is muscle damage. And just to summarize that, muscle damage is a symptom of mechanical loading and happens more when you're doing exercise that you're not used to or if you are emphasizing the eccentric part of a movement or the lowering phase when the muscle is both lengthening and getting loaded at the same time. Muscle damage is not necessary for results. So if you don't have a ton of muscle damage, it doesn't necessarily mean that your muscles won't grow. Mechanical load is the most important piece. And then lastly, let's talk about what you probably came here for, and it's the burn. The burn is called metabolic stress. So it's the third M. Like muscle damage, metabolic stress or that burn is often a symptom of mechanical load, but it may not always happen. It's kind of one of those things that it's bonus, it's okay if it happens, and it's okay if it doesn't happen. We prefer to feel the burn. I definitely prefer to feel the burn. It feels super satisfying and it makes you feel like you're neuromuscularly connected to the targeted muscle. Metabolic stress or the burn typically accelerates fatigue, which will recruit a higher percentage of muscle fibers, which can promote greater growth. So again, it's kind of bonus. But what is this burn? Like what is happening from a physiological level? So the burn happens when we enter anaerobic territory, when the demand for oxygen is too high. So your body switches to a different process for using energy by using the stored glucose in muscles over using oxygen. 
This causes a buildup of acid and hydrogen ions, which kind of gives you that burning sensation. This burning sensation is not burning fat, right? So just because you are feeling that burn, spot treating fat is not a thing, at least as far as we know. And it's actually the opposite since burning fat is an aerobic process, which requires oxygen. And that muscle burn is coming from an anaerobic process to complete that movement. So again, fat burn uses oxygen and this process where your muscles are burning is not using oxygen. So it's not burning fat or spot treating fat. So there's nothing wrong with muscle burn. But will muscle burn alone lead to muscle growth? And the answer is probably not. And again, this just goes back to mechanical load. So we'll go back to that 30% of your one rep max theory that you have to use that much mechanical load in order to create muscle growth. So you could be doing arm circles with, you know, three pound weights in each hand. And remember that my one rep max was 20 pounds for a lateral raise. And therefore 30% of my one rep max would be like six pounds. So I'm not using enough resistance to create muscle growth, but I could be using three pound weights and circling my arms or whatever, doing different shoulder movements for over three minutes. And if you've ever done anything like that, you find, even if you're using your body weight and just holding your arms out, your shoulders really start to burn, but it's probably not doing much in regards to muscle growth. And this is something that I alluded to earlier, and it's because really high rep, really low load is inferior to developing muscle. And with the 30% of your one rep max being kind of the lightest loads that are shown to stimulate growth, but super light loads, so loads that are lighter than that, are not likely to build a lot of muscle growth, but Ironically enough, often they're the exercises that kind of burn the most and create that buildup of hydrogen ions that is giving us the symptom of that burning sensation. They're not as effective as moderate loads or heavier loads is because these very light loads done for longer periods or higher reps are not likely recruiting a high threshold of motor units to induce hypertrophy. In other words, you may not be recruiting enough of the muscle to see substantial growth. Now, I want to say that there's a caveat to this. Your one rep max might be very different than my one rep max. So especially if someone's untrained, this type of training can for sure move the needle for them than someone that is more trained. So if someone's one rep max for that shoulder exercise, a lateral raise is 10 pounds, then yeah, holding those three pound weights can induce muscle hypertrophy for that person. It all just depends on your specific tolerance. However, I will say that it still goes kind of back to that 60 to 90 seconds because if someone's 30% of their one rep max is three pounds, they're probably likely to get close to failure towards that 60 to 90 seconds. So I, I liked it. That's why I like to use time rather than reps, rather than having everyone hold a specific weight for a specific lift because everyone's going to be a little different. So this brings up forms of exercise like Pilates or bar or forms of exercise where you're doing really high rep training and really low load. And these types of movements or exercises or formats are usually not the best for muscle growth. And it depends on the exercise very much so. It depends on the person. If you're untrained, you can definitely see muscle growth. If you're trained, you might need a little bit more for certain muscles. 
I'm not saying there is no place for Pilates and bar, and I'm not saying that all Pilates and bar classes are created equal. Again, it very much depends on the exercises that you're using and the amount of load that you're using to your muscles. In fact, I kind of like to sprinkle in some higher rep training with really low load because number one, it feels really good. It's the type of exercise that truthfully feels the best for my body. And if I'm being honest, if that's the type of exercise I could do every day and continue to see muscle growth, I for sure would. You know, I think it improves neuromuscular connection and stability and endurance and I truthfully enjoy it more. So that's why I do like to sprinkle it in and I'm not demonizing it. But I will just say if muscle hypertrophy is your goal, which I do highly recommend, most of us should have the goal of muscle hypertrophy because we're losing muscle as we age and it causes all sorts of issues. But exclusively doing bar or Pilates may not move the needle much, especially if you're not a beginner. This is a more nuanced conversation because you know, you can use your body weight for some muscle groups and for sure see muscle growth because sometimes body weight, especially depending on the person, can get into that 30% of your one rep max. Um, and you can use enough mechanical load just using your body weight to induce muscle hypertrophy. So some muscles that can be sufficiently worked with body weight are your abs. So something like a ball crunch is really great and that can often be enough resistance to cause muscle hypertrophy and muscle growth. Glutes, things like step-ups, a lot of times using body weight step-ups are 30% or more of your one rep max. Things like your triceps, a lot of times you can do body weight forearm presses and again that's 30% or more of your one rep max. Quads, sissy squats are again another exercise or those, all right, I call them matrix moves, but they're reverse Nordic curls where you're kneeling and you're leaning back. All of those exercises, you can use your body weight and have significant mechanical load to your muscles and move the needle as far as muscle growth. If we're looking to grow other muscles like your shoulders, your biceps, your back, you probably need some form of external resistance, whether that's a dumbbell or a cable or whatever it may be, because you aren't really able to angle your body in the right ways to really effectively load some of those muscles. Those muscles might get some peripheral work in things like planks and other body weight exercises, but it's not direct enough to make a huge difference or to move the needle in a really significant way. So that's why I like to think that Matt Pilates may be missing some of those key muscles if you're just using your body weight. Again, sometimes for beginners, it can be an awesome place to start. I'm not demonizing you or saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm just giving my perspective on why I don't recommend doing only Pilates or only bar if muscle balance around your whole body is truly your goal. However, this does not mean that choosing an exercise where you can lift really, really heavy is necessary or better or loads the muscles more. And I've talked about this a lot on my Instagram. I've given lots of comparisons of like um, how a bodyweight step up can load the glutes more than a weighted squat. And it has to do with the mechanics, right? And if you want to go learn about that, check out my Instagram. It's drshannondpt.dr.shannon.dpt. So it's not necessarily how much weight you can push, right? Because what matters is the mechanical load to the, the tissue. Again, mechanical load is the resistance multiplied by the distance that resistance is from the moving joint. So that's why I just like to go back to that 60 to 90 second rule rather than focusing on how much weight you are holding. If you feel like, you know, 
you could go way past that 90 seconds, you probably aren't using enough resistance. On the flip side, if you feel like you can only do a few reps, like if you feel like you can only do like two or three reps, you might be going a little bit too heavy. There's so much contentiousness about this, like everyone disagrees about what causes muscle hypertrophy, but there's some research that shows that moderate weight tends to be the best for hypertrophy. And then there's other research that shows it doesn't matter as long as you're getting close to that muscle failure. So you could do like a few reps, like, you know, three or four reps and get close to that failure point and still grow your muscles. So again, I think the jury's still out about that. Everyone disagrees, but my personal preference is to use that moderate weight and move within that 60 to 90 seconds. I think it's a bit safer, especially if you don't have someone, a professional that's watching you. I think it's a bit safer and I think it's more satisfying. I just think it feels better. So it's personal preference for sure. But um, if you're going past that 90 seconds, you probably aren't using enough resistance. All right, so let's summarize all of this. We talked about the three M's of muscle growth. Mechanical load is what is necessary to grow muscles. Muscle damage is a symptom of mechanical load, so the damage within the tissue. Because muscle damage is correlated to muscle growth, it's not causated. I don't recommend focusing on switching it up all the time just to cause more muscle damage or confuse your muscles. I recommend sticking to the exercises that are going to most effectively mechanically load your muscles and minimize strain to the rest of your joints. And again, if you're an EVLA member, you don't have to worry about this. We're choosing those exercises for you. When it comes to metabolic stress, which is that third M, right, the muscle burn, this is correlated again to muscle growth, but it's not causated. So choosing an exercise that loads the muscles and gets you close to failure within that 60 to 90 seconds is where it's at for muscle growth. The burn is a bonus. It feels good. It feels satisfying in my opinion. But if it's not there, it's not a huge deal given that you're choosing exercises that are properly mechanically loading your muscles. Again, if you're an EVL member, you don't have to worry about that part. We are teaching you exercises that are applying proper mechanical load to each muscle group. Okay, so that was the podcast. Hopefully you were following me. I tried to lay that out as simply as I could with lots of examples. If you have any suggestions for episodes that you want to hear in the future, feel free to drop them in the ratings and review on Apple Podcasts and make sure that you're subscribed. And then if you want to join Evlo, we have a 14-day free trial. So you can get in there, try it out, try it for two weeks straight. That's what I always recommend. Like give it two full weeks. A lot of times after that second week, you'll start to kind of get it. Things will start to click in. If you don't want to put your credit card in, you can also click the link in the show notes and that will take you to eight free classes for free. And again, I recommend if you're going to commit to the method, try those eight free classes for a month straight. And what's great is when you sign up for those classes, you also get a free class each week in your inbox. So you can, you know, substitute that free class each week so that you're, you are doing those eight free classes and then kind of switching it up with a new class each week. Do that for a month and see how you feel. I guarantee you, you'll probably feel better. You'll feel stronger after that month. And I mean, truthfully, you could keep going forever if you want. (laughs) So thank you for listening. We will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.